Welcome to the Legends of Iron. I'm John Anderson. Meet my co-hosts, Nick Best and Hawking Williams. We're going to have some amazing guests on the show. Buckle up tight, because we're going to be talking about the shit you're not supposed to be talking about. We're going to be discussing anything and everything it takes to become a legend of iron. Legends of Iron is brought to you by Muscle Mints. Muscle Mints is the creator of Carnivore Pure Beef Protein Isolates. Beef builds muscle and Carnivore is the world's number one selling beef protein. Welcome to another edition of Legends of Iron. I am John Anderson with me, always my partners in crime, Nick Best and Akeem Williams. We have got a killer show for you today, everyone. This guest has been in the military during his entire strongman. We're just recently retired, but keep in mind, in the military, also winning two world's strongest man titles in the 105 class. So this, this guy right here, He's not only a strong dude, but he is just a straight-up savage of a human being. Anthony Furman, welcome to the show. How are you, brother? Oh, hey, thank you. That's probably the, uh, the coolest like introduction I've ever had, so I appreciate that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Well, I'll tell you, when you know people can watch you train, they see what you've done, but then you know they just watch you know who you are and i mean i you know for you to be doing all the stuff you're doing then jump up and walk on your hands and you know you're just you know when it comes down to being an athlete and just be a savage you got to go on brother so we're, we're happy to have you on the show man oh thank you very much thanks so much absolutely <laughs> well let's let's it's go back in you. time it's good to see Sorry, you good. <laughs> What uh, is it that got you started in this? I mean, we'll go back to the beginning. Everybody has a trigger. What yeah. was your trigger? And talk us through the timeline because you, I mean, you're you're very accomplished. And uh, let's let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. So I think like uh, like many um, straw men in the 2000s, I think the the, tr the trigger was planted when I was young, watching ESPN, um, okay. seeing Magnus ver Magnus in the 90s. You know, the the heyday, the golden era, right? So I loved it growing up, but it kind of went away. You know, I get I, you start playing real sport. I, I say real sports. But, uh, <laughs> nice I know going, talking about. Nice <laughs> Conventional sports. <laughs> so, Mainstream you know, sports. Yeah. Mainstream sports. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, you get involved with that. Um, and then uh, 2006, I joined the Army, so – competing in something else outside of that, you know, took a further backseat. Um, you know, that was, people don't remember, but that was, you know, I was back there in the Iraq days and surges and all that stuff. It was a way different time, you know, didn't have time mm, to really train. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so I got, I got hurt. I hurt my knee actually on a ruck March, you know, army stuff, uh, 2013, 2014. Um, and everything seemed to come together because our operation tempo kind of pulled back by that point. So I wasn't deploying every other year. And it was just a little easier to, you know, live. Um, like, hurt my knee, couldn't run anymore. I met Mark Taysom, who's a legend in the strength community, uh, educational side. Um, he broke the, the NCSA's whole tactical athlete program. Um, he was training and coaching at a gym on base, and he saw me deadlifting. And it was like 600 pounds, I, which on an Army base, that's probably the biggest deadlift you're going to see. Yeah, that's big. Um, and he was like, hey, man. 
you think you're strong. How about you lift a stone? And it was a 300, you know, 300 pound stone. And I was like, it's like the bell click, like, Oh, wait a minute. I saw that on TV. I know what that is. <laughs> you know, uh, lift the stone, loaded it the first time. He couldn't believe it. I was, I was, you, like, on, you loaded a 300 pound stone the first time you touched it. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah. Looking back, <laughs> I mean, definitely that was super, I don't know what it was. It was like a challenge. It was something I hadn't yeah. felt in a long time, like a personal challenge. Um, and that's what hooked me right there is the feeling of loading that stone and, and what I could accomplish if I actually, you know, put my mind to it. Yeah. Very cool. So that was kind of the trigger. That's what got you started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a knee injury timed with old viewings and the right guy at the right time to kind of introduce me to it. it just all kind of happened, you know, for a reason. So talk us through, you pick up a stone a 300-pounder for the first time, which is pretty awesome, no matter how big you are. Obviously, you're a lightweight guy. is still doing that stuff. But now, fast forward, you're a two-time world champion. Yeah, uh, I, had a, I had a bright and brief career at the top, uh, due to, <laughs> mostly due to injuries. You know, they kind of came back and got me at the very end. Um, but, yeah, I, I found out I had a natural talent for it. That athlete thing you're talking about, that just goes back to playing middle linebacker at a D1 level. You know, I mean, just savage. That's just the savage stuff that's coming out of you right there. Well, and like people, they had asked me, like, how do you carry the hoops so long? I'm like, it's like, I'm like, it's a minute long. It's not that much work. Cause I mean, you know, <laughs> again, I, I was used to, you know, walking 25 miles in full gear. And I'm like, you want hard? Try doing that. Like, <laughs> so that was my mentality. For two hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Eventually, as you get into it, you learn more. But that's always the mentality I took into those grueling events. Is this ain't that bad? I've done worse, you know. So the military kind of mentally groomed you for a lot of the stuff you're going to run into, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I think it really did. Whether I wanted to or not, it groomed me. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, when you can look at something like a nasty Hoosfeld and say that's not that hard, you're mentally groomed. <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call that that's groomed. Yes. <laughs> Groomed, crazy. Anyway, <laughs> it's close. All the above. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really, you really got to not like yourself to enjoy the Hoosveld or any type of front carrying, long yeah. time, distance front carrying event. It's grueling. Yeah, it's got to get to live outside the moment, not in the moment. That's the key. <laughs> there we go. That's, there that's we a go. new one. I love it. I love it. We're getting some of the mental tools right here. It's beautiful. So, <clears throat> obviously, you started competing and then talked to us about, uh, you know, you're, I mean, you had a pretty pretty stark rise to the top. Talk to us about that. Yeah, uh, my first competition was June of 2015. It was uh, Parker Days out in uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, Mike Burke was my head judge, you know, and it was like <laughs> I had just yeah. gotten into the sport, and I was like, oh, my God, Mike Burke. <gasps> you know, I was starstruck, and he's just like, when you look at that guy, I'm like, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he said that is such a beast of a man you know my first first time i ever saw him i went to a gym in denver and he was warming up for overhead with like a 405 military press in the rack and i was just like what is this guy doing i can't even bench that like <laughs> it was mind-blowing when you get it uh, it's like gives you chills almost thinking about because it's a time before i i knew all the strong people so every time i met a person it was wow he's the strongest man i know and it's like a one sense of wonder almost but uh yeah so yeah i competed um amateur i did 2016 nationals as a 265 actually um because once i started doing straw man i went back to 
peewee football. And so you could eat whatever you want as long as you're lifting and training. So I got up to a heavy, little small heavyweight for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, found out uh, Lynn Morehouse actually told me that I would be very competitive in the 105 class. And I was like, I don't know. And I kind of put it off. And I finally did it in um, early 2017. It was a Platinum Plus in North Carolina. I won it, earned my pro card. Uh, went to America's Strongest Man that year, 2017. Tied for first, lost the tiebreaker. So I ended up taking second. It was my first pro show. Um, came in third at Worlds that year. And coming in third at Worlds when I knew I could have won, that that lit a fire under me. And that's why I that's why I dusted people for two years. Yeah, you were ready to go. You knew you, knew you had it at that point. You was coming back and doing it again. Yeah, but you know, it's like I, I knew I had it. I knew I'm I knew mistakes I made, I knew where I could be better at, and I I said I'm never gonna let anyone beat me again like that. So there you have it. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, the way you explain that, it seems so just kind of simple, matter of fact. You know, a lot of times you hear people's journey and there's a lot of uh you know, there, there's, there's a lot. I mean, of course, your journey, of course, had plenty of hard work and plenty of obstacles. The way you explain it, it's just kind of a matter of fact. Okay, here it was. This is what I did. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you know, I could tell the story, but it, it, then it's just a story. It wouldn't, it, it, you know, kind of, to me, it kind of takes away from my personal journey telling that story because then, you know, I, I know that story. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> good. So, so you're, you're a, a two time, uh, one of five champ. I mean, how did that, how did that kind of change? I mean, in the military, obviously, you know, doing something like that, they must've been like, look what our boys doing out there. They give you a lot of support, get behind you with that. Uh, at first, no. Um, really? I was, I was on recruiting duty too. It made no sense to me. I was like, you could use this as a recruiting tool. <laughs> you're gonna... yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's army. So everything's slow to change. You got to find the right person to kind of get you back um and i actually eventually they did after i won the world title they moved me to the army Mar army marketing brigade um to be on the warrior fitness team it was called and i was a representative for them competing and i got to go to the arnold south africa pro i got to go to finland for scl i got spain a lot of cool stuff competing on behalf of the army that's really cool man yeah that's really cool you gotta like that. yeah that whole that, that whole thing is like amazing because uh, just the things you're going to be able to do and then promote the army at the same time. That, that was a pretty cool thing to go see myself. I got to go hang out with the army warrior fitness team. So that was, that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. You got to hang out with the Rangers. Was, you got the good, you got, I know. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, what, tell us the story. Dick. Tell us the story here. Don't hold out. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 we, we got to go down and, uh, we got to go to Fort Benning and we got to hang out with the Olympic ski shooting, uh, gold medalists. And, uh, another guy was a three time Olympian and we got to go shoot with them and do a whole bunch of really kind of cool stuff at Fort Benning. So it was, it was pretty amazing and go to the hand to hand combat area, and go over to the tank simulator and try to stuff my tail into a tank or a <laughs> tank simulator. Which was pretty funny, but I got in there. I, I it took a while. I, I had to butter up and grease up and get in there, but I got in the inner seat and I, I fired off a few rounds. It were uh, like you know simulated rounds, but it, it was a lot of fun. It was it was crazy, and to watch what they go through in the training and stuff like that. We had to shoot a lot of guns, 
got to see where the gunsmiths work and they work on the on all the firearms for everyone in the military and that that's pretty amazing how they can customize the weapons and stuff like that so it was, it was an amazing experience it truly was yeah so, on that level anthony talk to us about your as in the military yeah obviously you mentioned the recruiting you were in that in that thing what what did you do for the military talk to us about the different things you did uh well i was uh infantry for 12 years um, and for those of us that are not real up to speed, we kind of tell what is it? I've heard the word infantry. Describe that. It's the you know, it's the door kickers, the grunts, the ground troops, the the guys storming the beach. Oh, you know, okay. The, <laughs> the, the can the cannon fodder. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I was infantry my first twelve years. That's what I joined as, um, and I loved it. I felt like I was making an impact on the world. That's why I stuck stuck with it for so long. Cause that was one thing I was searching for um, growing up with the sports and everything. I wanted to be part of something bigger than me. I always felt like I was meant for something. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. So I knew I wasn't, I knew I was, I didn't need to stay in Erie, Pennsylvania. So like <laughs> always searching for that thing to, you know, help elevate me and make me feel like bigger than some part of something bigger than I am was always a big thing. So you were just, you were happy to be a part of the image because you felt like you were making an impact. Yeah. And did you yeah. all the way till you retired because you just recently retired. Did you do that the whole time? Nope. The last three years, I, I switched to recruiting because it was more conducive to my physical training hours. And gotcha. Okay. Stuff like that. So now, now we're seeing the timeline. So strawman came about probably at the perfect time, and when you weren't storming the beach. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the the, the heavy deployments were done. Um, I did three of them, and even after the last one, you kind of saw things were dying down a little bit. So it wasn't like it was. So we were able to focus more on our lives and everything. Mm. Did you have like a like a weight? Did you have to stay like underweight or anything like that to stay in the military? My entire career, I think the max weight I was allowed to weigh was 189 pounds. And I got to tell you, yes, for 5'11", 189. I tell you, I haven't weighed that since I was in maybe ninth grade, 10th grade. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what wow. they do is if you if you break the weight, they do a body fat test on you. Just It's a tape around the neck and the abdomen pretty simple so yes so you were able to kind of they were register that you weren't obese and say it's okay right well for the most part some guys for especially when i first joined it was like the older older school the, all they cared about was the weight and i'm like i was like dude like fight me stop talking stop <laughs> <laughs> quit talking to me like that because <laughs> i'm bigger than you oh no like <laughs> Gotcha. So what time you went to recruiting, that's like, that's when the strong man was really kind of peaking for you and everything was, a fall, it was just fell right in place. Almost like it was meant to be or something, huh? Honestly, you know, from the two years prior to the recruiting duty, I was doing okay, but I was still, I was an infantry platoon sergeant. So my time was obviously dedicated to other places. And then right as I got good recruiting duty, it was, it was crazy. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> dude, you've been in, I mean, You've been in shape, you know, shit. You look like you could have done bodybuilding as well. Uh, you see, we see what he looked like in different parts of his career. I mean, hell, it looked like he could have jumped yeah. on stage, you know? Uh, yeah. The thing about that is the eating and the drinking. That's the <laughs> about the bodybuilding. It, it's funny that, that, that's what most people say. They, they say mostly the drinking. They can't give up the drinking. Yeah, I, I, I'm a 15-year infantry guy. You want me to stop drinking for bodybuilding? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that's not ever going to happen. I don't think ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. 
Well, it's it's amazing because everything you do, you still try to leave an impact on whatever it is that you touch. Yeah. And you're starting to do that with straw man. So, you know, what's going on with that? I mean, I know, but people <laughs> yeah. don't know. So I'm asking you the question. So I've always been very yeah, probably out, out. To the point. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I, that's beautiful. That's, that was just a couple questions down the line, but I'm glad for you to get that out the way, Nick. Good job. <laughs> he, he was sitting on it. He was sitting there like, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> I was patiently waiting to let it fly. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> all right. So, at Nick, as you know. Um, yes. But anybody that knows me at all knows i'm very vocal about things um i'm not no to, i'm not one to take things in stride just because it's you know you know i grew up listening to you know renegades of funk and all that good stuff like i ain't, I ain't playing that fucking you know line thing and i was very upset that the hunter five were not featured um as as pro we were given pro cards and pro status but they, nobody would feature us and i saw amazing guys that are in many cases just as strong as open pros in certain things um they, they look good they look more like the normal person you kind of get that crossover of almost bodybuilder straw man a lot in our class just because we have to maintain a certain weight um mm -hmm. and i knew what i could do you know i went to south africa uh competed against all the guys shiv, shiv and all them and i i placed like ninth out of like 16 so it's not too bad for a 105 guy to step up to the arnold pro no hell no that's great brother i mean you're talking about guys that are outweighing you by 150 pounds i know? beat uh, i beat uh Shivikov on the farmer's carry too by the way so good for you brother <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like I, I i went through years with that as an athlete in my two world titles i got a total of one thousand dollars for combined paid out and that's when i was like all right that's the last straw the second one i was like this is this is too much and COVID hit and i made some good investments so i had a little bit of extra cash towards the end of the year when it kind of recovered and i was like i want to throw a 105 show for my for my friends i want to give them what i didn't get so i had i have ten thousand dollars you know first prize money and we built a wow. show around we built nice. a show around that uh, in 100 wow. days wow good like, for you man. that's that's good shit right there brother it no, was, no. it's all, it's about doing, you know, it's fun to talk. It's fun to bitch. It's fun to moan, mm -hmm. but nobody does anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it also got in on ESPN. Yeah. So that was yeah. the really cool part. Yeah. yeah. So we got, even got some TV time too. Yep. Yeah, ESPN. Uh, we were able to get the female record breakers, some spot on ESPN, which is the first time strong woman's been on ESPN in <laughs> ages. Yeah. Um, and it's it, been it, since like 2000. It's been like what mid 2000s, I think. Yep, and we had we had two world record attempts um, make it onto the broadcast. That's killer. Actually, three, three female world record attempts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and we structured this entire thing around the athletes first, because without the athletes, there is no sport. Without yeah. the athletes, there are no fans. You know, yeah. the, that is the bedrock. And I feel personally that in the United States, especially, we've kind of gotten away from the athletes first mantra um any 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 business any any sport knows their athletes are where they make their money nfl uh, it, it, we, yeah. we should hire, we should hire you to be the spokesperson for bodybuilding man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it is i mean it, it really is across all you're, strength sports you're, you're definitely preaching some gems right now yeah, yeah. These, these promoters you know they make it about them and they don't understand if you yeah. make the athlete money they make you money 
Mm-hmm. If you make the athlete money, they make you. That's it. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. Um, and nobody's trying to do that. They're trying to. They're trying to make their money off the backs of the athletes without giving the athletes a give reason. Giving back, yeah, yeah. So we're opposite that. That was my. That's my yeah. main thing. Ad, defend the athletes. That's one of my kind of mantras. Defend the athletes. Mm-hmm. Athletes first. Mm-hmm. And so we had a great res- response to that. So we had a four region qualifier system in person for the big show. That was popular. And I saw a gap with the other weight class straw man. We have the 80 kilo men, 90 kilo men, 64 kilo women, and 82 kilo women. I was like, they're not being served either. Let's serve them. And so we created a whole pro series for these weight class where they have their own shows. It's going to be broadcast. Uh, we have a, a great streaming service we work with. They're treated like the, the show. They're, they are the, 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 the main show. They're not a side you're not combining two things. It's them. No, they're there mm-hmm. to compete in there. They all get a minimum of $10,000. They get their hotels paid for. Um, wow. That's killer. Bro. A winner, right? It's, it, and of a course. winner gets the 10000 Yeah. Well, though, it's, uh, so at, right now it's a minimum 10000 for the podium, and we're building on that. I'm guaranteeing 10000 minimum. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, yeah, we're just building on that. The response has been amazing. You know, these athletes – you get enough people that feel underserved and you start serving them, you get a good response. Yeah. Yeah. And you do catch some flack from around the way because this is something that's never been done before. Yeah. Um, this is the new, new straw man. Like this has never even been attempted. Nobody's even bothered mm. to try. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you catch some flack from people that don't like change, but that's all right. You just keep changing. Yeah, brother. I mean, if you're going to be the first make, one. To- yeah. He's making them look bad. That's why. I said yeah. he's just making them look bad. That's why. That's all it is, man. <laughs> and, you know, when you're the first one to do something, no matter what it is, good or bad, there's always going to be people that are attack you. That's just the nature of doing something first, yeah. you know? You know, and, and, and the one thing I want to stress, it's not about changing what we've done or taking away from what people have done before me. It's all about moving the ball forward. Yes. You know, people before me, they, they, moved, they, moved, they got us to this point. Fantastic. I see an opportunity to move it a little further. So mm-hmm. I, I don't view anyone as competition because, one, United States is huge. And, two, I'm doing something different than everyone else, and that's okay. It's just the next step. Like, it's, you know, so, like, well, I mean, yeah. The thing you did for the qualifying heats, like, before the finals in the, in the qualifying heats where there were three different disciplines lined up and ready to go, and each group had to do that discipline, and you rotated them through – and as soon as one was done, the next one would go, and the next one would go. So the so the people at home watching on the live stream or the people that were there always had something to watch. You had no downtime. And that was pretty innovative and very impressive. And that was probably one of the most impressive things about that first contest was there was no downtime. Nobody could sit there and get bored. There was always action completely through. And it's still three and a half, four hours, and it, it was always something to watch. And that was pretty impressive. And I think that was very innovative. Yeah, Thank keeping you, the show keeping the show going for that length of time, that's a task, brother. Oh, great job. Yeah, you know? it was, uh, you know, again, he said no one ever tried it before. We just kind of did the math and mapped it out. And I was like, no one's going to watch our live stream if it's a bunch of downtime. That's my thinking. Like, So let's make it presentable yeah. to people and get viewers. Why would we make mm-hmm. something that's not viewer-friendly? Um, yeah. So we we did it, and it actually, you know, the volunteers again—they're the ones that made it happen because they were working, resetting those. Because what happened, like we had the three events, so one athlete would go. They were in groups because we did like World Strongest Man style with different groups. 
So one group would start on this event, this and that. One person would go camera to event two. They'd go camera to event three. So event one had to be reset by the time event three was done. Gotcha. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and it was just yes. back, it was just like that all day. Just you know, it it, it was it was pretty cool. I I couldn't believe it actually worked. You had to get your staff in great shape to keep up with the pace. <laughs> and the judges. We did we did host it at a <laughs> at an island retreat, so they you know it was okay. What, you know. No, that place was a lot of fun. That yeah. was a lot of fun, especially when I started the mosh pit at the concert afterwards. That was a yeah. lot of fun. It wasn't even metal music. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there, at stairway to heaven, just moshing with people, and they're just like, "Stop it." <laughs> Hey man, you, you all it takes is you, you just you can have a good time in your own mind. Everybody else is just in your way. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. very true. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that contest was very memorable in a whole lot of ways, and the innovation and the things that came out of it was was pretty impressive. Because what was it? A sandbag and drag and a farmers and a duck walk, and then you had the overhead medley, which like the block, the dumbbell, the log. And an axle? It was just a three. Right? Yeah, the the block. Three? Remember, the, okay. the block had no one could get the block for whatever. Yeah, reason. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. to have all three of those running consecutively at the same time—that that's genius to even think that. And, and then to do it with thirty guys, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, I do have a master's degree. So. <laughs> i love it dude i love it that's the way to do it that's it put yourself over because you're getting the job done that's the bottom line if you're getting the job done you can say whatever the hell you want that's the that's bottom all line, that's all that matters because if i do my job the athletes benefit and then <clears throat> everybody everybody eats that's another place at the table come get your come get your plate you know everyone eats table's big enough yeah, and you know, you you heard Occam speak up immediately when he heard you start talk like this because bodybuilding, I mean, you know, obviously has a, most sports, you know, have that. There's that that layer that gets fed well, and then everybody else is starving. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't need to be that way. You know, that's that's a choice that one or several people are making because um, it does take work. I'll tell you what, it takes work providing for the all these athletes. You know, it, it's not easy. <laughs> Now, you, you think like when you did that, right, you think you attract a lot more new clients or new uh, talent to the sport, right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Nick. Not everybody wants to be a monster like you. <laughs> not everybody could be a monster like what? you. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, some, of, some, some of the little guys, you know, they, they kind of stay away from the sport because they don't have that motivation because they're like, you know, I, I'm not going right. to come and, you know, try to pull that kind of weight or lift that kind of weight and, I'm not going get to get anywhere in this sport. So, you know, congrats to you for doing something like that and giving the little guy, you know, a platform where he could go out and prove that he's strong. You know, you and, know? And, and that's what it is. We, uh, we did some market research. 85% of straw man is not heavyweight. Mm-hmm. At this point. Oh, shit. 85%. Wow. Um, See, and Nick, that's you're a, a special being, man. <laughs> yeah, you're the special yeah, one yeah, now. You know, just just from a, a very basic understanding of market analysis and just business, you see that and you're like, why are we not making? Yeah. Why are we not helping this 85? percent This is a huge yeah. market that's not being tapped yeah. into. Yeah, and they're gonna and they, clearly what they just came running as soon as you opened up that door, and, which is and, great. 
and I did wait until I had a proven concept. I, I had to prove to myself well, first mm-hmm. off and then to everybody that we could run series of shows. They'd all be high standard, high quality. And that's why we waited till after a few shows to announce because then people would say, wait a minute, I've seen this now. This is not, we're not yeah. going to backyard barbecue Jim O'Brien's house or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. And I tell you, every time you get that big smile, I'm loving that stash even more, dude. That's fucking great. Oh, yeah. It, last, last year, I had it down almost to my bottom lip. Because oh, of, no shit. Well, because COVID, we all had to wear masks at work. So I was like, I'm not shaving to be in regulations. And I just let it grow. <laughs> It's like you're, you can make me wear a mask. I'm gonna grow a mustache. <laughs> I love it. So, so now that you're retired from the military, you have all this time to commit to what we're talking about in terms of promotion of the, of strawman. Yeah. Yeah. Um. My calendar's. I mean, my calendar's already freaking full for the spring and summer. So I'm glad this retirement came when it did. Um. As I plan, <laughs> I plan on branching out to China. We have. We're actually working on that org- with an organization in China to partner up, clash in their organization. Um, to bring some Eastern athletes over here, help build it up over there because that's another giant untapped market. It's the East Asia, um, and there's guys there that they're not going to they're not going to be Nick size. That's just not for the most part. It doesn't work. But now that they have pro pro opportunities at their sizes, it's a whole 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 other beast. We're going to try to yeah, get after. Yeah. You know, the crazy part about this is we're sitting here having fun telling Nick that he's the overgrown mammoth, but and when he competes, he feels like he's the small one. You know, fact that he's the, he's the right now he can wear that hat, but when he's standing next to someone that's six foot eight and four forty, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't feel yeah. that way anymore. There's always a bigger know? fish yeah, out that, there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my weekend this weekend, by the way. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> being the tiny guy. So, yeah, I, I, I went out and visited Brian this weekend. Man, that was a lot of fun. Man, we train like crazy. It's good stuff. Oh yeah, that really like good it. stuff. Absolutely. So, 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 talk to us a little bit about. Uh, obviously, let's make some comparisons between dip, uh, strongman difficult and military difficult. What's okay. the strongest? What's excuse? What's the most difficult thing you did in the military? And then parallel that, parallel that against the most difficult thing you did in in the sport of strongman. Ooh, ooh. Um, I I'd say probably the most dip, physically difficult. We'll, we'll we'll go physical, right? Yeah, let's go both sides of the fence. We'll go physical, then we'll go mental. Okay, all right. So physically, I gotta say, um, there was this one patrol, um, in Iraq. I was the two forty Bravo machine gunner. Uh, when we dismounted. Can you can you explain that to a non military uh, person? A two forty Bravo means. That's the name of the gun. It's a auto, fully automatic. Um, it's like hooked up onto a post to the back of a truck where you yes but fun fact it's light enough where you can dismount and carry it which <laughs> that was my job because i was the biggest guy <laughs> yeah, they were the whole time getting pissed because you weighed more than 188 how's that yeah, work you know yeah it worked <laughs> terrible for my back that thing that thing was about with with the ammo connected to it is probably about 42 pounds on top of all the probably 80 pounds of gear I'm already wearing. It's, it's slung to the front. So you're, it's like pulling you forward and you're just constantly like, yeah, for about eight, eight hours we walked around and I had Holy that thing. Shit. There's a walk, few. So eight hours you were carrying. So it's like, I mean, 
for someone who doesn't know, it's like think about taking a 45 pound dumbbell and holding it in front of you and walking around for eight hours. I, I don't know many people that could do that. Well, there were times where like I pretended to see somebody so I could get down on the prone. <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> you know, I just kind of rest for a few minutes. <laughs> those, are, those are tricks you learn, tricks of the trade. Yeah, that's like on the bodybuilding stage when you see a guy bending over, and I've done it plenty of times. I'm bending over and wiping the color around the legs just because you want to, you want to, because you basically want to break. You're trying to breathe where nobody can see what you look like. You know, it's <laughs> kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, just get a knee in when you can. That's all it is. <sighs> so um, oh, that would be physically that, that ranks as the toughest. Yeah. Um, okay. that, that's toughest. And now, toughest thing, toughest event I've ever done is probably, it was one of my first open open shows um 2018 i was actually i was actually killing it i was in i was in third place going into the stones and that was the winner got a giants live invite that's when evan singleton won way back in the day um and i was pretty good at stone so i felt great and then my i've never had this real quick for everybody explain what you felt like standing next to evan because here's like a legitimate (laughs) dinosaur you know i mean he's Um, a monster yeah then he opens his mouth. Anyways. Um, <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, he'll love that Ouch. one. Oh, yeah. He's come. Oh. We got him scheduled to come on the show, so I'm sure he's going to have a rebuttal for that one. <laughs> he's just going to call me tiny or something. That's all, he, that's all he's got. You can feel the love of that statement, brother. It's all good, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, he's my boy. I love Evan. <laughs> um, shit, where was I? Oh, hard so oh yeah I broke, yeah i broke your stride i was asking to kind of explain what's it like when you're duking it out with someone that is literally just a, a giant so i mean now i look back at it like holy shit but you know when i was there i was just like this big bitch <laughs> you know like when i'm competing i'm you know i'm competing yeah yeah, yeah. you don't you like, don't care you don't care i don't give a shit that just means he's slow yeah. he's big who cares yes, you yes. know you find a, you find a reason you're gonna win yep yeah. um and i it was like a five or six stone series which is pretty standard um i think the second stone was like 300 pounds and i could not load it um never happened to me before going back I, to the guy that loaded a 300 pound stone the first time he touched it and then all of a sudden it <laughs> and then I, in, the, in, the, in the 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 peak of a of a of a open class show oh man that must last have been, event you, know, you must have been just no, going, oh, so it was the last happened. last event that's probably why it was last event yeah. right well yep that's, that's part of it, it so up until yeah. that point um i mean I laid everything out on that show because I really wanted to win and to get that Giants mm-hmm. live invite. So, like, by the time that last event came, I, I, the first time in the longest time, I had hit a failure point where my body wouldn't work, which yeah. was cr- it blew my mind. I was just like, "What is happening?" Like, I remember I was like spaghetti legs, arms trying to like pick it up again, and I didn't understand. It sucked, but you know, it's what it is. And uh, I learned that's, I mean, learned there the training for opens different than doing 105. So I have to put a lot more work into yeah those the intensity. Those weights will suck the juice out of you so much faster than the lighter weights. It's just Especially when you're coming in, you know, the heaviest I could ever get was about 275. Um, just because the Army, you still have to maintain. they got to be careful. That's, you know. Uh, <laughs> How did you get out of being 275 in the Army when they're looking at 188? The, well, the body fat, <laughs> the body fat test. Luckily, my neck gets fatter. The, the So... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, so, if that were the case, you should be training neck every day. Some guys do. They grow these big guts and they're in the gym just doing neck exercises. So they don't get oh, shit. Out. That's yeah. the remedy for the test? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. 
nope, no, they won't change anything. They'll just get their necks bigger. <laughs> so you basically hit a point of true failure in physically in a in a contest. Which is that's actually pretty rare to see in our sport, anyways. I said sport, our sport, um, because you know they're usually not long events and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, full failure. Now you, you think because you probably were so focused on winning that you probably just you didn't pace yourself as well. That's why you burned out, ran out of that's, gas. That's part of it. And again, I think I was so focused that I didn't maybe didn't get the nutrients I needed in between events, or I didn't have enough. I should have had more. Um, that was probably more. Yeah, kn- knowing you and have trained with you and have you know done a whole bunch of competing with you. Um, I, I would say that would have to be it. You probably just didn't get the proper food and stuff during the day because you have a tank that doesn't empty. You do. You, once you start going, you just don't stop. So it, it had to be a lack of food or dehydration or something that shut you down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something like that. Again, it was just me miscalculating how much the, the events were taking a toll as they're happening. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. That adrenaline was probably so high, that's why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I've, I, I got. I do have it down to a science. I am great at peaking my adrenaline and then coming right uh-huh. back down. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. a seriously helpful tool, right there, brother. Oh my god! It, yeah, you, you know? save so much energy and you save everything if you could just peak and come come back down. Just whew, relax. Does that have something to do with your military training? Because I'm sure you're tra- you're taught to be calm when you're going. When you're storming the beach, you got to stay calm, even though you're in a you know. Uh, you know, a pretty dangerous situation. Yeah, I, I've attributed some of that. Also, I attributed uh, to getting uh, the high school athletics playing at a higher, pretty high level. I just kind of learned how yeah. to compete. You know, whether it be baseball. I mean, people yeah. talk. I mean, baseball is like one of the most. Oh, oh shit! I'm going to ruin it for everyone. Sports there is like when you get up the bat when there's two outs and like you need just got to get on base. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess you all your experience just kind of learning to hit the button when you need to. Yeah. 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 So talk to us. That's the physical. Talk to us about the most mentally challenging in both military and strongman. Mentally challenging for military, hands down, with, uh, it's called Pathfinder. It's a class in the Army. Essentially what their Pathfinder's jobs are are, are to be inserted before the airborne troops and set up the drop zones so the airborne troops can get dropped in. And it's a lot of math that I shouldn't have been doing as an infantryman that I had. (laughs) I just, I winged it. I don't know. It's a lot. It's three weeks long. Um, There's a test every day. If you fail a test, you get a retest, but the following day. So you have to learn all the new material and the, like, it's just really high pay. Yeah. And I passed that the first time and I've, I never felt smarter in my life. (laughs) So you're basically going and, and, creating a place where the drop zone is supposed to be hoping that they don't start bailing out of the plane two miles too early. Like um, your drop zone has to line up with where they're jumping out of the plane. Yeah. Cause there's certain, there's certain wind restrictions or certain barometer readings you have to have that depending on the cargo of the plane, uh, the plane load, what, what plane, what it is, even helicopters, if it's sling loading things, there's so many things that go into it that like, Again, it's a very high pressure job. Yeah, I can see the stress in that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, so that was tough. <laughs> um, How many lives were counting on you being accurate with your math? Well, we we only did the one live where we actually because at the end of the course we got to actually you know set it up. Hmm. So I, there's I don't know, there's probably eighty people on that plane. 
Holy Jesus. So you basically are but, calculating for 80 people. That yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, 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 see, you mm-hmm. to, yeah, that you have to see how the big the drop zone is depending on the people and clear out. There's a bunch of stuff that goes into it. So Wow. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be interesting to hear the the potential parallel for strongman. It's definitely not it's not hinging 80 people's lives. <laughs> yeah. I think I, well, I think probably the most mentally challenging thing for me as along the same vein has been when I started when I got out of competing and I started the strength late in the clash stuff, I kind of did tell the community, Hey, I got you. You know, I, I put myself out there and said, Hey, follow me. Let's do this. You know, I'm here for you. So yeah. that, I mean, that causes a lot of daily stress because everything I do, whether it's appreciated or scrutinized, it affects not just not me anymore at all. Like yeah. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but, well, and, and that's I mean, that's actually a pretty, that's actually a fairly close parallel because these are people that, you know, are counting on you to hopefully, you know, create something better for them. And you put your, you put your word down, you got to stand by that and create it. So it's, I guess there is actually quite a large parallel to that, you know? Yeah. As I was saying it, I was like, oh, wait, this is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, we've talked about Clash. You haven't talked about Strength Elite yet. So. Tell us about Strengthly. So that was the the first thing that I got into. Um, the Strengthly Collective. It was the summer of 2020. Um, I kind of you, you see around the sport when you're involved. You know, a lot of coaches out there give that they give kind of crappy programs and they you know swindle and and another thing is the barrier of entry is too high in our sport. I believe we're blue collar sport. Um, so not being able to be competitive unless you have 150 a month, that, that, that doesn't sit right with me. So what we did is I, I just reached out to, to a network that I built through, you know, years of competing. And I reached out to some people said, Hey, I want to build a website where it's a subscription service, 35 bucks a month. And they have access to 30, 40, 50 programs all at once. They choose, um, from, from coaches, from legitimate coaches in the sport, legitimate athletes. Um, and that just lowers the barrier of entry to really dive into the sport. We never really had anything like that. You know, some people can't afford 150. If you can go get a coach, that's fine. But like, you shouldn't have to, I've had people reach out to me and I told my price and like, all right, we'll have to move some things around. I'm like, no, man, like, that's not, don't, because that's, it's not that important. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple months on me, but don't, don't take food out of your family's mouth for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's coaching. You know, so, for yeah, sure. I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of help that. And again, putting the people first, I, I truly believe if you put people first, people will take care of you down the road. And it's something I, I really do believe in thick and thin, good and bad, bumpy roads. It's something that they can't shake. They can't break me with that. Cause that's really how I feel. Well, brother, this is, I'll tell you, I mean, you're from a, from a physical accolade, you've done a lot, but listening to you talk, I mean, you're, you're you're so you're so much more deep. There's so much more to you and how you look at things and how you care for what you're doing. It's really cool to see, brother. And I got to tell you, my hats off to you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's real easy to get caught up in what you're doing and and not actually use the. Pl- I mean, you created a platform for yourself. And now you're using that platform to help others, which is really fucking cool. We need more of that. You know, if if everyone did one thing a day to to make them world better than when they found it we'd be all right just one thing one yeah. thing a day yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah that's that's you very agree. true very true absolutely well this is a great time for me to ask you uh, obviously you've, you've been successful a lot of stuff 
and I'm I'm sure there's going to be a you know. You're curious to find out what some of these things that you're going to say are, but your formula for success, you've been successful in a lot of stuff. What is it? You break it down because we really try to, you know, in the show, we really want our listeners to be able to have some takeaway moments some takeaway things. So what is it, you know, break down your formula success you've done as an athlete, done as a promoter, you've been, uh, you know, obviously you retired in, in the military, which is no easy task. Give us some pearls here, brother. Yeah, um, I think one of the earliest ones goes back to, um, again, my teenage years. It's it's that you can't, if you want people to follow you, you have to be willing to do it yourself. Yeah. I think that's step one with anything. Um, yeah. Wh- whether it's physical, mental, business, l- relationship-wise, you know, p- if people are going to trust you and follow you, you have to show the show, not say, show that you're willing to get in there with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and on, on top of that, followed up with even when I was a young sergeant in the army, I took care of my soldiers. I took care of them, even though they pissed me off a lot because I knew one day they were going to take care of me. Yeah. You know, and that's again carried over to how I do business, how I interact with, you know, even sponsors and stuff. I want to, I want to take care of sponsors like they've never been taken care of before. Uh, you know, we lose too many sponsors in the sports straw man because all they do is take their logo and slap it on something and say, "Here's your thank you for their money." That's not how it should be. That's how we get more yeah. money is by treating them right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah. So just lead from the front and then tr- people first, always. I tell you, bro, that's so true. A good leader has got to be ready to eat a turd just as fast as anybody else. You know, just because you're the leader doesn't mean you don't have to sink your teeth in that nasty stuff because that's what makes the leader, you yep. know? Yep, that's that's, I mean, that's what it is. That's the difference between a leader and a dictator, uh, however you want to phrase it. You know. Okay, well, that's that's definitely a huge takeaway, huge pearl. You got to give us something else. I know there's more in there. I just I could look at that mustache and I can see it. <laughs> so all right, so when you're when we're talking athletic wise, we'll, I'll I'll give you a little bit of the flama blanca here. Yeah, I mean any any platform you can you can think of, brother, because you you've you're a great story and people need to hear this stuff. As an athlete, you, you you have to you have to compete against yourself every day, every single day. Whether it is, man, I only got seven and a half hours of sleep last night. I'm going to get eight tonight. Little things like that. Um, yeah. Man, I waited till nine o'clock to finish my water. Let's get that done earlier. You know, just whatever it is, you have to find a way to be better every day as an athlete. Um, that's how you get to the top. That's, that's really because if you're doing that, you're going to do all the other little things. You're going to do all the rehab, all the prehab, all the you know hypertrophy that you should be doing as a strong man, but we don't. All the stuff you should be doing, you'll do if you try to get better every day. So, um, and if, at, another thing, as an athlete, nobody can beat you except yourself. If you have that mentality, if yeah. you have that mentality, it will change your life. Competition day. Um, Go, you got to have that swagger. People give me shit all the time because my – well, lately it's been Megan the Stallion, but I'm a huge Cardi B fan as well. And <laughs> you Hey, whatever it is, baby. People, oh, people, you know? They're like, why? Why? I'm like, I love the way she carries herself. Mm-hmm. That, like that, Those women will themselves into a it. A lot of confidence, yeah. I love yeah. it. I, I love yeah, the way they present, yes. present themselves. Well, they're just like, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I'm still better. I'm the best. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, because you, what you're talking about, you can see when you see it in somebody, it doesn't matter if they're a man or they're a woman or what they do, they have it. And yeah, they, they have they, it. They, 
they put it out there and they know they got it and they do it in such a way that you people believe and you can't convince somebody to believe you if you don't have it. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It, that's, you know, that's how you, as an athlete, that's how you just truly ascend. That's what I think. Did you stumble across this stuff early on when you were before we were keep competing in high level strongman? Was that back when you were young too, or was that a later development? Uh, I think yeah. I had a little bit when I was young. I was more happy to be there when I was younger because I was like, this is new to me and I'm, I'm doing good at this. Oh, you know, just smile. <laughs> 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 So uh, when did when did you start like you started putting it together? For me, I think the big big thing for me, I did I did the Arnold 2017 amateur as a heavyweight, and that's the first show I didn't place top three in. I came in like 20th, and I was just like, oh the fuck, that is never happening again, <laughs> like never ever happening again. And yeah, since then I think thirds of the lowest I've taken really in like a. Dude, sometimes a good ass whipping is exactly what the doctor ordered. You know, I thought I, I thought I was good, and then I went there and got just shit stomped, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I, I thought like one of your one of, one of your keys to success is that you always hold yourself accountable. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Win or yeah, lose, you hold yourself accountable. You have to. There, nobody yeah. lost except you. Nobody made. It's a, yeah. it's not a team sport. You can't blame no one yeah. else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and even when it is a team sport, you analyze what could you do better to support your team because mm-hmm. you're always impressed. As, as an individual, you have to improve so that you can be better for your team. You know, that's true. There's always that, but then, it, but always, you know, maybe he would have caught that ball. But yeah, yeah, very true, very true. No, I, I love it, brother. This is the stuff right here that we really want to be airing out for the audience because you know, I mean, we all want to, we all want to be the best versions of ourselves. And that's exactly what you're talking about. That's it. I mean, I, you know, you get a lot of the self-help. I honestly have not read a lot of self-help. Um, I read a book by, uh, was it Bernice Brown? Daring Greatly, it's called. I forget the, the author's name. But I was reading that. And I was like, oh, shit, I do a lot of this. You know, like. That's cool. Like, wait a minute. I do. Th- I, I actually do a lot of this. So, like. I think inherently I've just been blessed of being in a leadership position and around good leaders, whether it's military or just people like Nick that I've naturally attracted, naturally attracted to. Right. And it's like that has shaped, that has shaped me more than any self-help or anything. And I think it's, it's proof is in the pudding when I apply it, you know, Mm -hmm. tends to work. Absolutely. So on that level, go a little deeper. Obviously you mentioned Nick. What other what other people would you say were a big influence on you developing into the person you are? <clears throat> um, definitely early on, uh, Lynn Morehouse. He promotes official strawman games. He was a, he's a very good friend, um, and he kind of took me under his wing from afar and just was very kind. He showed me the kindness of the sport before I knew that that was a thing. Um, so he really helped develop me as an athlete, as a person earlier in the days. And then I got to say um, – as I started getting good at competing and winning, one of the <laughs> that's good. When you laugh before you say it, we know it's going to be good. One of the the biggest things I did is I, I went back to the '80s and '90s wrestling and just watched promo after promo of the Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair, Macho Man, <laughs> Rick, Rick, <laughs> ravishing Rick Rude, and the swagger those guys had. I I was I wanted to emulate that. Um, cause it also, oh, you do. 
There's something else that it helped me do was it helped it helped me almost like having a stage name when I was competing. I was La Flama Blanca. That was my that's like yeah. It, I mean, it, I mean you're you because you're you're really you're competing, but you're performing. Yes, and uh, that when I piece those two together, and that that's when things really got good for me. And I had so I started having so much fun just being myself. I I wasn't because again with the army you kind of hold your personality in because yeah. But you know, being out re- recruiting and then strongman, I was able. I just my personality started to come back out and like, and just going with that was yeah. What, yeah, what does yeah. that mean though? What do you mean? Your stage name. Your stage name. What does it mean? <laughs> it means the white the white flame. <laughs> I love it, baby. Got I you, love it. <laughs> well, I mean that that is I was, so. I was I, living in Tampa at the time, okay, and I was okay. I was very into the scene. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, I mean, you hit something on the head. I mean, you, if you listen to any of the greats in, in any sport, they'll tell you, you know, if, if you start to have a lot of fun, your confidence goes higher. And when your confidence is higher, you can do things that you didn't think you could do. But having fun, it, if that that's what I call the X factor. If you're not having fun with your process, you never get to that spot where you that 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 part that you're talking about comes out. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times competing, a lot of times people don't connect competing with performing and the performing part is what really gets fun. You know, and that, it, it, it enhances it. And there's ways to do it where, you know, where it's entertaining and it's not too offensive, you know, for whatever situation you find yourself in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. Those are different. This was four years ago. It was different times. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, is, are you going to come back and compete some more? I have I'll announced- see you back in the 105s. I've announced one more. <laughs> I, I'm coming. Nicholas Camby won the World's Strongest Man 105 title this year. There's zero fucking chance he's winning it twice. Oh, there we go, Ooh. man. There we go. There we go. Oh, did you just throw it on That's the guard fire. against Camby? Yeah. There we hey, go, baby. He wanted the best. He's going to get the best back out of retirement. Let's go, Actually, baby. When you got, would, and you got the time to, to commit to it as well. I'm retired now. <laughs> Nothing but time. I'd, I'd be really excited to see that. That, that would be actually that would be that 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 would be an amazing contest to watch. The one hiccup I still don't know how it's going to go with my knee is the loaded of like moving events. I still got to test those out. Um, so I need a total knee replacement. I'm, I'm already a candidate. I'm 33, so that's fun. Oh, no shit. You need a, yeah. a total replacement. Wow. Wow, that's crazy at 33. I would, you know what that shows? I mean, it just shows you've been living, brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been living, yeah. So I'm, I was supposed to have the surgery actually uh, two weeks ago, and I went to my doctor. I'm like, hey, man, I'm not going to compete on a fake knee. It's just, I'll be able to train, but I'm not going to be able to compete. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 going to give one more shot and we'll do it after. So my game plan is to schedule the surgery for a day after I win my title and just a big fuck you as I'm in my bed with my t- my championship. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Now the question I got is: Are you going to work this big stash into your into your new performance coming and your comeback? Oh yeah, because I'm, gro- I'm growing yeah, the hair out too. Get, oh, there we go. So you got the you're going to get the handlebar going down up into the into the lamb chop. Yep. Yep. And then the hair. Oh, come on, daddy. You got yeah. it, baby. You got it. I just, I, I gotta find, I just gotta find a way to get my hair to grow faster. Cause I really wanted to, I would love to have it shoulder length by October, but I don't know. Collagen, man. Collagen. 
I'll just get yeah, hair yeah. plugs. I'll get hair plugs if I have to. It has to look right. No, even Yeah. Brother, even if you have to, go get some long hair weaved into your short hair. Yeah, you get, know? Some, get some extensions. They, yeah, they do it I'm telling you, it's 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 it, you know, they'll stay in there for months. You know, I'll do I'll do the I'll do the whole triple H thing where I have this music play when I come up to yeah, the floor. Yeah, baby. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. I'm telling you that you know, way back, God, you remember this, Nick? It was like two thousand and five, I think. If so, mm. was trying to basically they were trying to bring wrestling, the, the vibe of wrestling. What they told us was they were going to try to cross the sport of Formula One, how big it is, with the entertainment value of wrestling. And that was what they were trying to do. And they gave us all fucking nicknames, and we had robes and shit. <laughs> of course, it never made it yeah. on But The human action figure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. We, all had, we all had names, you know? Here's the thing. But, you can't give people names. you got to let the people be there. you got to let right, them yeah. And, brother, let me tell you, when they named Zajunas Savigas Huggy Bear, we all had a problem. <laughs> what, 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 what was your name, John? I was a human action figure. Okay. That's a little more pointed, I'd say. I, and I think it actually got changed. I think it, they, were, they were trying to change it to Freak Show because, just like you said, brother, they weren't names that were sticking. Yeah. You know? Freak show, that's something you could yeah, you could just flex like freak show after everything you yeah, do. Because that's what a lot of guys on that's what a lot of guys would call me. So they were like, let's call him a name that he would actually use, you know? Yeah. But yeah, man. It's people they it's all these little pieces throughout the years have been in straw man and nobody's ever just put them the fuck together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sounds like like you know, you're on the nerve here, brother. Even if you're just doing it for yourself, you lead the a follow, you know. Yeah, you know, and I'm not that. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm not doing it for myself. Um, I've been very, again, very adamant about. I'm good. I, I tell people I was born in a trailer. I'll die in a trailer. If, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, it don't matter me. But I genuinely want to leave things better. And Strawman has been yeah. so giving of my life, and it's it's changed my life so like in so many ways that I want to leave it better than when I found it. So I'm doing it for the collective you know we call ourselves strengthly collective but it's something i hold near and dear to my heart we really are a collective of athletes coaches and just people in the sport that are all eyes forward you know move downfield well you just keep leading by example opening up the doors you know you come out with the lamb chops and the in the long hair and you put on a show Bring other it back. people will start fall other people will start following because really what it comes down to there's nothing wrong with bringing some entertainment value into any sport you know what i mean and, and you know these the, they haven't met like the Flama Blanca who was out of the army. I was still in the army when I was that guy, so I had to pull it back a little bit still. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. This is really exciting. Yes. <laughs> now that I have no one to answer to. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> this is beautiful. I fucking love it. You know, the sky's the limit. You know, yeah. let your creative process run. This is going to be beautiful. Let's go. Let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about your diet, but attach some of what you what you did with your diet to, you know, obviously there's plenty of other one of fibers who want to be strong, but also have to be able to stay close to the weight limit. So just eating to get big and weigh a lot is not part of the program if you're trying to stay close to your weight limit. So talk to us a little bit about your eating. Obviously, you had to, you had to cut weight. So there was, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you had a, a protocol for eating and cutting weight. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, a good 105 never has an off season when it comes to weight. Cause you never know when opportunities come up. 
So I always was in, within striking distance. I'd keep it low 250s was ideal. About 252, that's where I felt the strongest during training, and it's still a manageable weight cut for me. Um, and that really just consisted of a lot of boring-ass protein. Um, fill, your, <laughs> uh, fill your calories with protein. You know, when you're hungry, yeah. have protein. Um, yeah. You know, you of course, you have to make sure you get your carbs and everything. But, like, yeah, the, I mean, that's really the, the – the building block of a 105 is just you're hungry. Oh, I can't have that cupcake. I guess I'll have some fucking chicken. Um, <laughs> well, there you hear it, everybody. There, there's, there is this, there's no secret. You just got to suck it up, you know? Yeah. It, it's really what it is. He's sucking it. And some guys are more genetically gifted than others. Some guys. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, you got, but yeah, it's keeping it. Simple. Yeah. I didn't want to go there, Nick. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> boy, Nick. Get it out there. <laughs> you knew what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I did. But you need to say it, not me. I'm not going to say it. Well, some, all right, some guys blast more than others. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's, you know, that's something that <laughs> is what it is, you know. But, but you can't go wrong with just filling, your, filling up on protein, honestly. That's – Yeah. Keep it simple. So – you're talking you're 250-ish pounds, and you're weighing in at 231. Yep. Right? So talk to us about that. Now you're obviously going to have to get from point A to point B. Water is going to be a ton of that. What, what's the protocol for kind of wringing the water out of your system? So I did mine uh, non-traditional powerlifter straw, man. A lot of guys, they, they kind of they, um, they hydrate up the last couple days, like two, three days of two, of two gallons of water or whatever, and then they cut it out and sweat. I took a more gradual approach, kind of drying out. I would, it's much more comparable, I would imagine, to a bodybuilding protocol um, where I would load on salt and water about two weeks out. So if my weigh-ins were Friday, about a week and a half before, I would start drinking two gallons of water a day with salt, and I, would, I wouldn't care about carbs as much, you know, and just load up on it. Um, then the Sunday before weigh-ins, I would cut it down to a gallon, then Monday would be a half gallon. Tuesday would be a quarter gallon. Wednesday would be 20 ounces. Thursday as needed for weigh-ins Friday morning. Um, and on Wednesday, I'd cut out all salt, all carbs. And honestly, I didn't have to sauna much. A lot, doing it that way, I'd get 20 pounds of water out of me without much strain. Because wow. it's, yeah. it's, gra it's gradual. But at the by the time I'm starting to take the water away, I'm dropping four pounds a night almost in some nights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're made of so much water, you know, I'll compare that to, to, uh, you know, kind of what, what, uh, the people might think a standard bodybuilding cut would be, you know, in terms of dropping water. I mean, it's very similar to bodybuilding, but I was just curious as the fact that you cut all that sodium up I and you're doing such an, uh, a very intensive, uh, workout and everything like that, intensive training and everything like that. Uh, doesn't like cramping comes into play with all that sodium depletion. Well, that, that week of, I'm not training. It's all just active recovery type stuff. And, and um, Friday, the, the, my first priority is is sodium. Um, okay. above, above all else, uh, as, soon, as soon as I weigh in, I'm getting, even if it's like pr breaking. some Pringles, okay. a couple yeah, Pringles, get that. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's pretty extreme. It's just like bodybuilding, you know? I didn't realize, like, you guys go through that much, especially making weight and stuff like that. I didn't think it was that extreme. Well, some guys don't. Some guys, like I said, if they weigh in Friday, they'll start chucking water Wednesday and Thursday, and then they'll just so try to sauna out 20 pounds. That's okay. miserable to me. I'd rather lay in my bed and watch The Office than sit in a sauna. 
Yeah. 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 Sauna's miserable, man. That's no, the question. There. There's no fun to be had in a sauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right, brother. So check this out. You got a time machine. You can jump in this time machine right today as you are this moment, and you can go back in your life. How many years do you go back, and what do you tell yourself? Uh, I go back to August 7th, 2006, and I tell myself, do not get married. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Oh. Man, I was I was thinking a lot of things, but I wasn't seeing that one coming. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was married for a decade. <laughs> no shit. Wow. Well, so what when you when you jumped out of the time machine and you're talking to yourself, where were you standing? The the you in two thousand six, where were you? Where were you having this conversation just as you're getting ready to walk down the, the aisle? No, no, I just like like when I go outside for like that morning morning cigarette, because I think I smoked back then. Okay. And just like I, I would grab myself and just shake. Don't you fucking do it. So you weren't like you weren't like cutting yourself off of walking down the aisle at the church. You it wasn't like a last minute run. It was it was kind of no. talking some sense into yourself as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Because if you do if you do like if you do the 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 shout and run, everyone's gonna think you're a weirdo. No one's gonna listen to you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you gotta have a plan. Uh, Go in there just in case. Well, how do you really feel about it? That was actually a funny one, but that was funny. That was good I wasn't expecting that either. Nobody knows how nobody knows I was married for so long. Everyone's always like, whoa. Yeah, that was yeah. That's crazy shit. I love it, brother. Well, so let's go this way. You've done so much great shit. You've affected so many people and so so many different platforms. What's the most important to you? What do you, when you're gone, what is your legacy? What do you want to leave behind? What do you want to be remembered for? If I'm remembered for, for one year, making the sport better and everyone else rose to it, that's all I need. If, if, if all this, if all this falls apart, because everyone rose around and, and, and rose up and, you know, did the right thing by athletes. I did my job that cause that was my, that was my purpose was to get the athletes taken care of and make it viable. Whether it's me doing it, someone else, as long as it's done, that's what I care about. So that's what I hope people remember. So you basically just got the, you, you got the ball rolling. That's what you remember for. And if, yeah. and, if and if I'm, yeah, and if I'm the one that takes it all the way, then I take it you all just, away. You just yeah. want the fact that everybody was taken care of. That's that's very honorable, brother. Yeah, very that's, honorable. Yep. I'll tell you, you know, you 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 show up here. You've done so much. You got this cool looking mustache. I didn't think you were gonna be so soulful. You know, shit. We're, this is some good <laughs> shit. You know, you're dropping some pearls on the planet here. This is good stuff, brother. <laughs> hey, that's all right. It's just again, it's got to see how things go. You guys are cool dudes, so it's easier to talk. Oh, well, that's that's killer. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, you're inspiring me with the mustache. I'm going to have to give one of those a try. <laughs> Wait, listen. <laughs> what, are you, Hawk, what are you laughing at? Come on. You're going to pull that off? What's up, man? The yeah, strongest, the strongest men. Grow- I, I think you can, John. I think you can. Yeah, the strongest <laughs> men grow mustaches. Because you know what shit you get for this? And if you can withstand all that, you can withstand anything. Mm. 
I love it. I love it. That's, you know, because I, I always go and get my toenails painted with my daughters, you know, and sometimes people will say, why do you paint your toenails? And I just say because I can, much like you say with your mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gr- to grow out even thicker every time someone says something about it. I'm going to make it even worse looking. I, 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 see, I, see, I see the wheels in Nick's head turning right now. He's thinking about a mustache too, right, Nick? I, I am, but unfortunately I've tried one and <laughs> I would have to completely change my CPAP. Okay. Oh. So they, they don't work. So I, I just you. do the chin. That, no, that's Barbie, a good, that's a good, yeah. Yeah, Nick, you got the coolest fucking chin hair on the planet, so you're good. You're doing good with that, bro. <laughs> you, can't, you don't want to call it a beard. That's just chin hair. That's just, you know, you can't Nick, tell where the hair Nick, ends you know, and, the, and uh, the chin begins. It's contemplation you know? hair. You know, what's <laughs> that? Thanos, Thanos. Nick got the Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, brother, I got to tell you, man, this was an honor to have you on the show. And me personally, I'm so glad I got to talk to you like this because I there's a lot about you I didn't know. And I got more respect for you now than I ever did before. So thank you very much. You know, you, uh, yeah, I mean, we've had you here for a little over an hour. We, we appreciate your time. Nick, you guys, you guys got anything else before we wrap this baby up? No, man, it's, it's been it's been a joy getting to know you and, you know, just your principles and what you, you bring to the sport. And I just wish you the best of luck. Thank yes. you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And you already know I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk <laughs> later. <laughs> oh, gosh. He's going to kill me now. So. <laughs> right on. Well, you know, as I said a few, a few times through the show, you know, we really are trying to uncover, you know, elements that can help our viewers, you know, take things and be better versions of themselves. And brother, you, you really helped that today. You put a lot of pearls on the table. So we really want to thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, more than anything, like I said, every, all of our viewers, we, we promote you to keep watching, but more importantly, just realize we're here to entertain you and help you be motivated to become the best version of yourself. There's another edition of Legends of Iron. We will see you next time. Legends of Iron is brought to you by Musclemans. Musclemans is the creator of Carnival. Beef builds muscle, and Carnivore is the world's number one selling beef protein.